So I went to the zoo recently. I was so excited. But I didn't expect the cocktail of emotions that I experienced 20 minutes later. And the reason for that was because the animals looked a little bit lifeless. Especially the reptiles and the carnivores. So I kept asking myself, like, what's going on? At first I was feeling weird for feeling bad. I was like, why did I just come here so excited and then to get here and just be a little bit miserable? And then at some point, it just hit me. I realized that the animals I was feeling sorry for are specifically reptiles and carnivores, right? Snakes, lions, tigers, etc., etc. And these animals have been stripped of their ability to hunt for food. They're too comfortable. They're kept safe. There's no immediate danger from other predators. And they just merely exist for our amusement. They're comfortable. They'll probably live very long lives, but what a way to live, eh? I thought that was also a very powerful metaphor for life. If we're too comfortable and everything is just being done for us and everything is kosher, you lose your life in some ways. You lose that spark. And that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. And I call this episode The Maker because I think pain is the maker. And I'll explain that further into the episode. So without further ado, my name is Valentin Moyo and welcome to Men Are Human 2. So I guess the question you can ask yourself as well is, are you comfortable? Have you been avoiding the inevitable pain of life? Are you still growing? Are you still maturing? Are you learning new skills? Are you experiencing new adventures? To make it even simpler, are you becoming a fool or a student again? Are you being told, no, that's not how you do it. Do it again. You did it wrong. Are you allowing yourself to be in those situations where you're just being depleted because you're failing because when you're losing or when you're failing it's because you're trying something new so if you find yourself in a situation and don't get me wrong I'm not saying that you should always fail because I do understand that once you get good at something success follows but what I'm saying here is are you seeking uncomfortable situations where you're going to be not the master again but where you're going to be a student again so to continue with the hunting analogy or metaphor i'm not sure which one it is you need to hunt in a healthy way of course so if everything was given to us in life it would be boring you know if if anything you ever wanted was just handed to you right now you'd be bored you'd be completely bored you'd have fun because you have everything you want but there's just going to be something missing okay so imagine you wake up tomorrow morning you roll over and your gorgeous wife is right there. You're kind of gorgeous. And this beautiful house. And you look out the window, cars, and everything is just there. And you, you know that you have money. It's gonna be a nice feeling, right? But then you're gonna start asking yourself, how did I get here? What happened that changed me? How did I change? You're gonna miss those feelings. It's just gonna feel fake. You're just gonna feel like someone just put you there and that's not your life. And that missing factor right there, that's 
that's life. That's what we need to experience. The losses, the pain, the tears, the disappointment, the uncertainty. We need that so that the pleasure feels good. So that those things that you have, they feel worth it. They feel like they're yours because you earned them. And I firmly believe that if you were placed in your most successful life right now today, you probably lose it all because you haven't learned the lessons. You will ruin the relationships. You will overspend. You will just not behave like that person that got you there. Because if you're given some things, you might not be ready for them. You'll disrespect them. And that's why in life we need the losses. You need life to punch you in the mouth so that you can respect the wins and appreciate them. So not going out to hunt because you're scared to look like a fool or you're scared of rejection. It's just keeping you from living. I mean, this may sound a little bit masochistic, but you have to enjoy the pain in some ways. It's almost like we're going to get a tattoo. Yeah. You don't go there thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be good. You know, you're going to have the pain is coming. Yeah. Or if you go to the gym, you're literally ripping your muscles so you can look better. So why is it then for life? It's different when it's time for, for the pain of growth. It's like, oh, no, no, I don't I don't want the rejection. It's a little bit much for me. Well, guess what? That rejection is going to make you grow because when you get rejected, you learn from it. Like, why did you get rejected? What happened? How can I improve my approach or whatever, right? And I honestly think in life, you need the pain so that the pleasure can feel good, right? It's yin, yin and yang. You need a balance. There's just, if life was just all pleasure and all pain, we'd, I don't think we'd even know what's going on, but you need that. And sometimes that pain is a motivator because in order for you to avoid it, you work harder and you push yourself in order to get a win. So for the 110th million time, I came to China and I took myself out of my comfort zone so I can grow. I left a lot behind. I left so much that was familiar. I left my family, great friends, a good job, and potential love of my life. But to avoid having regrets when I'm older, because I know someone who has regrets and it's not a pretty sight. And every time I speak to that person, I, like I feel it in his voice and it's so heavy. And this person is much older than me, but I don't know how to help because I'm not a therapist. So I can only learn from that. I can only learn from him knowing that, okay, if I want to avoid this state, I should take opportunities presented in front of me. Even if it means that the way that opportunity is presented to me means I have to go through some pain. Right. Because you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, I should have done that because that's 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 the pain that hurts the most. The pain of doing something. Oh, you can even laugh about it at some point. Like, oh, so stupid. Why did I even do that? But the pain of not doing something that hurts. Look, I'm sorry to tell you this, but life is suffering. And just because we don't see some things as suffering doesn't mean we're not suffering. If I made an example about Jim earlier, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you put your body through that? That's why some people don't like it because it doesn't make sense for them. And yes, sure, you can be healthier 
using other means. That's fine. I'm just using this as an example. Because you know, gym, when you go to the gym, there's the next day delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS, you're going to hurt. And if you do legs, you know, setting down is going to be brutal. Going to the toilet is going to be rough. All these things, right? But you know as well that my legs are going to get bigger. I'm going to get stronger. So, I mean, I've been through so much in my life that if I just curled up into a fetal position or sought comfort, I'll probably be miserable right now. I'll be safe. I'll be well cared for, but I'll be miserable. I'm not saying there's been complete bliss, but I can tell you that there's definitely been growth and progress in my life. And I'm happy about that. The key is just not to feel sorry for yourself. I mean, it's okay to acknowledge that your circumstances aren't ideal, but dwelling on it, that's what ruins your mental state. Because you have to acknowledge it and then find a solution. So when I was in boarding school back in Zimbabwe, I was heavily bullied, heavily bullied. Most of the times beaten up by my seniors and they took my food. And it wasn't just me. The other people were being bullied as well. But, you know, I'm talking about my experience. And it was brutal. I had a nervous breakdown. I started to pee the bed. And I stopped playing rugby because I thought that I'd smell like pee. And because rugby is, is a very close contact sport. And I was a lock. And the lock is deep in the scrum, if you know rugby. And they lift the lock up during the lineouts and stuff like that. So I was so self-conscious and I stopped playing. Bullying is dreadful behavior. It's really bad. And that's something in the male community. I'm, I'm sure there's bullying um, with, with girls as well and females, but I feel in the male community it's rough. And because I'm not a female, so I'm gonna speak in the male community. But that's, I feel like that's a completely separate issue that we need to dive deeper maybe in the future. But even though I was heavily bullied and I would never recommend it, that helped me grow in some ways because it made me stand up for myself in some ways. It made me a little bit stronger, more resilient. <laughs> so, okay, I'll give you a, a firm example of that. I used to suck my thumb before I went to boarding school and this was, I think, 2006. I was a sweet boy, mama's boy. But the seniors, one particular guy, he, he told me, if I see you sucking your thumb, you're gonna wash for us. And you can imagine that him just telling me that didn't stop me from sucking my thumb. So I was spotted so many times with the, my thumb in my mouth. <laughs> and I washed so many dirty shirts and socks for my seniors. And that essentially made me stop. I stopped sucking my thumb. And previously my family had tried. They'd wrap a bandage around it, they'll put some spice on it. I would just, I would just keep going, but that particular pain of washing someone's clothes switched something in my mind and I stopped. I would not recommend that at all. If your child or if your cousin is sucking their thumb, I would not recommend any abuse whatsoever. But for me, that's what helped me because I didn't want to wash anymore. That, that was just one thing I just want, not wanted to do. I didn't want to wash for other people. It was terrible, but result, yeah? I stopped sucking my thumb. I took some lessons from that. So now as a teacher, I try to tell my students to play well with each other. If they were, were fighting or something and not being nice to each other, I make them say sorry and I make them give each other hugs. It's cute and funny, but 
I learned from that pain that I don't want anyone else to experience that. And of course, I'm not going to stop the bullying in all the rest of the world, but I can try where I am. I can try and affect the people around. So you realize that the pain I went through, I don't want anyone else to go through. And that helped me grow to an individual who doesn't want to inflict pain on other people because I know exactly how it felt, how worthless I felt being bullied. And there are so many other stories of where and so many others, so much pain as well that I went through in that period. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I also know that it helped me grow. It helped me become stronger. Now, I'm not saying go out there and get bullied. All I'm saying is find different ways to reinvent yourself because the side effects of me getting bullied led to a long phase of me just exhibiting hostile behavior i was pretty much you know uncontrollable i was skipping school i was drinking a lot smoking weed a lot getting into fights very confrontational behavior i was living in the moment and i was angry at a lot of things and i was angry at how my life turned out why so many things were just happening to me but the way i was showing that was very unhealthy but again it took me realizing and deciding whether i wanted my life because we can all see whatever we're doing when you're whether it's a bad diet or just bad habits in general we know as human beings it's like when you're doing something you know that mm, this is not good for me and it's when you get to the this is what i call the maker when there's that one pain that really hits home and it just surpasses the threshold and you realize that no enough is enough it's time to change and you're maybe disgusted with yourself or you're just had enough of whatever is going on that's the maker that's what i call the maker and that's when change begins i suppose the idea i'm proposing is that we've been looking at pain differently because pain in the form of rejection, failure, being backstabbed by people you trust, all of these things hurt. But if you do pay attention, they provide valuable lessons or you can turn them into fuel. When I was a teenager, you know, the glory days, MSN Messenger, Blackberry, BBM days, I got into a situation with this girl. Her family and my family were cool. So we used to hang out sometimes as families. So not sure what to call that. Is that a family friend? I, I don't know. We were crazy for each other. Things were great. Long texts, zodiac signs, comparisons. I'm sure you understand. So me and her broke up. It was because her mom said, and I quote, I don't want you seeing him or talking to him because he's going to be a loser just like his dad. As a teenager, you know, that, that really caught me deep. Because I was so confused. I was like, is my fate sealed? Can she see the future? Like, what's going on? I was flabbergasted. But, you know, I licked my wounds for a couple of days. And then a voice in my head just said, I'll show her who I am. She doesn't know me, but she'll find out one day. So fast forward a few years later at my godmother's 60th birthday when we were thanking you know we had to give speeches everyone had to give like the whole family kind of had to give a speech to say how much we appreciate her and she was there with her daughter i was like woman pay attention i'm about to flex and at the time i was working for a law firm in 
uh, back home in Newcastle and oh, I reveled in it. I loved it. It was so good to stand up there and tell people what my godmother has done for me, but to also show that, no, you know, I'm, I'm not a complete failure. But, you know, energy like that is not healthy. That's holding grudges too much and living your life, trying to spite other people or saying, I'm going to show them. It's good. It's good if you're going to use it as fuel, but don't hold on to that energy too much because it just weighs you down. The best thing is to forgive and just move on and live your life to the fullest and do your best to be yourself, to be the high expression of yourself without spiting anybody because that's all you can do really. Because if you live your life trying to spite other people, you're going to end up miserable again, end up back to square one. But anyway, that story, I'm just saying it to say, sometimes feeling sorry for yourself isn't the best option. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, I would rather use that as fuel than feel sorry for myself. Because if I feel sorry for myself, I'm just going to be hanging my head and feeling downtrodden. That's not a good place to be. I would rather use whatever negative energy someone has tried to throw at me and move forward. But anyway, do things for yourself. If you're going to do something, tell yourself, I will become successful the way I want. And there's no time to feel sorry for yourself. Use that pain as fuel. Seek adventure and answers. Build your skills. You'll feel much better. You'll feel much better. So the last point here is how did I get out of this? How did I find my way out of those bad situations? So the most important thing was just to honestly, and this emphasis added on this, honestly evaluate the people around me, my behavior, and if the life I was living is the life I wanted to build in the future and the person I wanted to be and just figure out where that was heading, honestly, and just sit there and say, I'm doing ABC and it's going to lead to this and then decide whether that's what you want or not. And because that's what I did because I realized that the lifestyle I was living was a downward spiral. It was either I was going to probably end up dead or in prison or I would have overdosed on some drug. I don't know, but it wasn't going to be good. So I had to decide who's around me. And one of the most important things I did was writing things down. Just write your life down, how things are going. That's what I did. I wrote where I was at the time and I read that back to myself, decided whether that's a good life or not, and then wrote what a good life means to me and where I wanted to take a good life. And then I tried to figure out the skills I'll need to get in between. One of my main things was just to get a degree because I knew that if I went to university, I would leave my godmother's house and I'll be independent and hopefully I can get a job and then I'll just be an, a responsible adult. That's just how I saw it. And that was the only way out because I wanted to be independent, responsible and have some dignity while I'm doing it. Now, speaking of writing, one thing that might help you if you don't know how to start this, go to yearcampus.com, yearcampus.com, year as in year for 2022 and campus for campus that helps you see .com that helps you find direction .com it's free i'm not selling you anything it's free okay go there pause this right now if you if you want and type it in and go there there's a pdf you can print out i feel typing things down is good because these days we have phones on us all the time but what you don't also don't want to underestimate is the intimacy of holding a pen against the paper and just spilling that ink. There's an energy there. There's a great energy in just holding pen to paper and writing things down. And you can see this no matter how developed we are 
as a society or as people. Your favorite celebrity, it still means something when you give him that pen and he signs whatever, maybe your hat or your clothes or your baseball bat or something. That still feels good because there's just something in holding a pen and writing. They could just send you a DM. Yeah, that's nice. But the intimacy of holding a pen and writing down is important. So don't underestimate that. Get yourself a pen and paper and write it down. Hide it if you're scared of that people might find it. But you need to write things down or outline them in your head or somehow. But you need to just break down your life because that's what I did. I just broke down my life and just realized that, okay, I'm here and I need to get here. What do I need to get in between to get to those places? And I stumbled, but here I am. I'm independent. I'm not asking for money every month. I'm working. I'm finding ways to sustain myself as an adult and build myself, not be taken care of for the rest of my life. So the next point in the things that helped me was finding different people to hang out with, my circles. I just had to find different people. And that's no offense to the people I used to hang out with. No, not at all. I just had to find different people. Yeah, sure, I still spoke to the people I, I, I was hanging out with, but my head was in a different space. I just needed to find new people. And that means going to different places. You cannot hang out in the same places you hang out in. You need to find different people. That means going to different places that you don't normally go to, whether it's cafes, library, whether it's parks, just go somewhere different and just like galleries anywhere. Just take yourself out of your immediate environment and try to put yourself in somewhere else that's going to get you thinking differently. That's going to get you meeting people. I had to think bigger. I had to think positively. And another point as well is that when I lived with my godmother, she used to constantly give me guidance. But it wasn't until I wanted to change my mindset that whatever what she was saying started to sink in. I was like, wow, she's right. Because I wanted something better for me. And me and her grew quite close because now I was vibrating differently. I was vibrating on a different level. And I was similar to the level she was on. And we used to talk a lot and we got really close. And this is another point as well. Have you noticed when you keep telling someone some good advice and some good suggestions, but they just don't seem to get it or it just not acting on it or that's okay that's not your fault that person isn't there yet so don't be mad at them or mad at yourself that maybe you're not good enough at giving advice or whatever because you've done your part you've saw something and you've voiced your opinion when they're ready they're gonna change and guess what when you give them that space and not badger them and give them that time for them to grow and take your advice on board and change the way in, in their own way in the future they're gonna respect you and love you for respecting their process and level of growth because they're gonna realize that yeah this person did tell me so much but then they didn't badger me constantly they let me have my process and now i'm ready that person is still there to talk to because we didn't fall out because i wasn't meeting their expectations so that's my last point really so save your energy all right Give advice if it's been asked for, or just listen and just leave it there. And for yourself, have high standards for yourself. Write things down and stick to them. Hold yourself accountable because no one is gonna hold you accountable. If someone else is holding you accountable and you don't, you're not ready for that, nothing is gonna happen. You're just gonna, they're just gonna be talking at you. They're just, they're just gonna be making noise. So hold yourself accountable. Set high standards for yourself and want a better future for yourself because that's the only way you're gonna change. So thank you so much for listening and I hope this helps you because we need more mental health so we can change the world. Until next time. <laughs>